Good morning. Today's scripture reading will be 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verses 3 through 5. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. Senior Sunday is meant to be a big hug to our students. A reminder that this place is home. This in no way is a recognition of this kid is more spiritual than that kid. But it is a reminder that this is home. That this is a place where broken people gather together to look to Jesus and to encourage one another to take steps in faithfulness to the gospel. Some of our students who uh, haven't been able to be here with us this morning um, are Taylor Morris and Jalen Bratcher and Dalton Counts. Uh, but they are also been a part of our family here at Kerrville Church of Christ, and we love them as well. One of the things that always amazes me whenever we get to this time of the year, especially now that I've got kids that are graduating, is how quick time passes. And, um, for example, we were holding um, the baby that belongs to the Reese's, and I was just sitting there remembering throwing Laurel up in the air. And I got really good at this. Uh, My wife didn't enjoy it very much, but Laurel seemed to. And I got really good to where I could throw her up in the air and clap four times before I caught her. Obviously, it took me a while to perfect this skill. And Aubrey was not the beneficiary of me being an experienced baby thrower. Um, However, she has been a successful college student through two years so far, so hopefully the damage was not too great. We have a lot of uh, families here that gather. And we do it because we think that there's a bigger story that we are involved in. So let's take a second and take a look at what I've got right back here behind me. Do we have any babies that are under one, that are, that are under, wh- under one? We got one under one? How, how many months? Seven months. Well, bring him, is he here? You can go ahead and come on up here. So in the next 18 years, as Mama, let's go ahead and introduce you to everybody. Your first and last name? Sarah Alvarado, raising up her son in the Lord, will spend, on average, 936 hours gathered with a church body. And that is the best of us. Research says that a family will give an hour a week by the time it averages out. Now, some of you may give an hour and a half by the time it averages out. Some of you may be two. But 936 hours a week is what, uh, sorry, 936 hours uh, for the first 18 years is how many hours your kid is probably going to spend in church. Because you're going to keep bringing them to church, right? Good idea. Okay, so right here, I've got 936 marbles. Yes, holy moly. And as you could tell, it does not have a lid on top of it. But your kid's been alive for how many weeks? Seven months? So that's 28, six and a half. Okay, so let's go ahead and just say those weeks right there are no longer gone. Now, there have been good weeks. There have been bad weeks. This is only like 15. And sleepless weeks. No other parent has experienced that. I don't know what's going on there. So 28 of those weeks are gone. 
and you can't recover them. You can't put them back in. And they are gone. But what I want to encourage you to do is with this remaining 908 weeks to continue to invest in your kid as a reminder that every week you are investing, and I'm going to tell you how many hours a week, in your child spiritually. So I want you to remember that. Go ahead and take your marbles and every week take one out. And one day you're going to get to looking like these jars right here. Okay? So thank you so much, Miss Alvarado. And raise that child in the Lord. We've got 11 kids. If you're one of our 11 kids that's graduating from our children's ministry, moving into the youth group, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up, Maribel. You're so shy. You okay? All right. And some of y'all, y'all have 312 hours still left. But we're going to talk more about that today at a lunch that we're going to celebrate uh, the, the blessing that, uh, that being a part of this community of faith has been. So you guys go ahead and stand, sit down, but we're so proud of y'all and excited for your next few years. <laughs> Ms. Gaona, will you please come up here? She told me about a month ago, Ricky, I want the marbles. <laughs> come on up here. So Diana's about to be a senior. She's studying out at Medina High School. We're very proud of you. And for the next, bring your house parents up here. Where are they at? Come on up here. So if she is an average kid, which she isn't, she is a very special young lady, you would have 52 weeks that you're going to invest with this body of believers. But you have 52 weeks left. That one hour represents what you're doing here. And we'll talk about how many hours represent what you're doing at home. But we want to thank y'all. And Drew and Shay, thank y'all for your investment in this lovely young lady. And every week, make sure they take a marble out. Okay? All right. Thank y'all very much. And we've got some uh, kids that are graduating. Let me go ahead and uh, get the Davidsons up here with that uh, handsome young feller. He's already been up here, but that's all right. So I've got two marbles. These are pretty big ones. But guess what, Mama? That one's gone. All right? You got one, one week of him. And I want to thank you all for your investment in him. The ups and downs, every parent, by the time if they get to 18, they're having an ups and down, they ain't doing it right. So thank you all so much for uh, longevity and for continuing to invest in your son. Uh, one more week. All right, get down here before you start crying. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we do as a church family to invest. If you did not realize what we just did whenever Laurel was thanking the different ones of you for your investment in their lives, either through baking a cake, either through buying a very expensive cake, whether it be driving to the Rio Grande Valley uh, and serving with them, whether it be taking them to camp or sponsoring them at camp or praying for them while they're on their journey or walking with them in a small group. You have made a difference in the lives of our teens and their story is changed because of your story. Nine days from now, we're heading to the Rio Grande Valley with 23 adults and teens. If you're going to the Rio Grande Valley, go ahead and stand up with us. Stand up right now. Next week, we're going to have a prayer list and we're going to have a way that you can help sponsor and invest in these are some of our 23. Uh, I thank you for sending them down. Our dream is that these young men and women, some of them hopefully will become 
an international missionary or a national missionary, but that they will see their lives as a mission work, wherever they are and whatever uh, work they end up doing. So uh, adults, thank you for sending us, uh, and teens, thank you for your hard work. It's going to be hot. You can go ahead and sit down. (laughs) July 5th through uh, the 10th, we have got about 40 students uh, going to camp, and that ranges from schools and uh, from our own youth group, that we've got kids in schools in Fredericksburg, in Medina, in Kerrville. We've got about 40 students that are heading uh, that way. And so we're excited about uh, Camp Eagle uh, as we go together this summer. Um, we've got some other students that are heading to other camps that they've been a part of for years. But we're so excited for our big group that we're going. And what we're trying to do together. We're going to be involved in local service projects this summer. But all these activities do not have the impact that you have at home. Because in your home, you spend, research says, 40 hours a week with your teen in your home. About 40 hours a week with your child awake while they are awake. Okay, and you're awake. Okay, for some of his change, we go to bed at nine and our kid is still up. Okay, but about 40 hours. So I want you to do the math with me, even through all these great activities that we are doing They're spending one hour on average at church and 40 at home. Now, I wonder which one is having the greatest impact. I'm not saying both of them do not have impact. I'm saying I want you to think about which one has the greatest impact. And how can we continue to invest in our families as you work hard to raise your children in the Lord? And then, as a bonus, we come together as a church And we help one another out. We spur one another on. We teach our kids in special ways, whether it be through a a trip or whether it be through a class or whether it be through a way to serve here locally. Those things are important. But the most important and the most formative thing that is happening in your kid's spiritual life is happening in your home. And it's because you are part of a story that matters. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. As I begin preparing for this opportunity to share with you, a verse continued to just pour over me and I could not shake it. So that's where we're going today. As you're looking for that, if we want to actually do the math a little bit, a child will be with their parent an average of 2,000 hours a year. That's 36,000 by the time they're turning 18 and about to graduate. And we compare that to 936 hours that they would spend in a church setting. 36,936. Here's what's important. Your story matters. Let's go ahead and put that scripture up there. There we go. Verses 3 and 4. I want you to look at it. If you got your own Bible, that's great. Go ahead and underline it. This is one of those uh, cornerstone verses. As we look at this verse, we think about the story. Paul is writing to some people who are really struggling. We're going to talk about some of those struggles in a little bit. But he says this. He says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the story that has been passed down to us that is true, 
That is true physically and that is true spiritually. That is true historically. Father, may this story be of first importance to us. Thank you for other Christ followers in this community. I thank you for Thomas Ivey, the youth pastor at First Baptist, for Misty Erland at Zion Lutheran, Wyatt Wintercheck over at Notre Dame, Wes Henson at Trinity, Soyla Reina here uh, at Calvary, Brian Blaylock at First Pres, for Joe and Luna Stowell over at First Methodist, for Garrett Witten at Impact Community Church, and for Josh McIntosh. Father, I pray for their ministries as they partner with parents to raise kids in the Lord in light of this story, which is of first importance. Open our hearts today and help us to help us to put things of first importance in the right perspective. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't have much to say today because the things of much of first importance aren't really that big, but they are important. When somebody gives you instructions of first importance, you probably need to follow them. In fact, let's look at this uh, picture. Somebody did not give them the correct instructions. This is not a member of our safety team. I know, you thought it was Roger Dunnigan. It's not. Hey, sorry, Roger. I didn't mean to say it out loud. Um, But there are some things of first importance that he probably needs to know. Right? Let's go to our next one. All right? All right, is this your boys? I hope not. Hope not, okay. Dustin, there's probably some things of first importance these guys need to know. They need to know some things of first importance. Let's go to our next picture. Okay, fixing a trash compactor in this way is probably not your best idea. There's probably some things of first importance that he missed during the OSHA meeting, okay? These things are important. Do we have one more? When you're pumping gas, there's some things of first importance. I was teaching Cooper how to pump gas. I asked him not to smoke while he was pumping gas. So he put his cigarette away and he finished pumping the gas. I was very proud of him. But this young lady probably needs to learn a few things that are of first importance before she moves forward with her life. This group that was working with Paul needed to hear some things of first importance. Let me tell you a little bit about that and then we're going to finish up. This part of the story matters. And it matters because these things of first importance are going to set the trajectory. Now let me tell you a little bit about this church in Corinth. Paul knows this. The church was divided. If you just go to the first of Corinthians and start flipping, you're going to find out some incredible things. These are people who are trying to follow Jesus now. They were divided. They loved the wisdom and opinion of the world more than God's design for their life. They struggled with honoring those who were spiritually, had spiritual authority over them. They accepted couples in their church that were living in adultery and bragging about it. They were suing one another instead of settling their differences and forgiving one another. They wanted to live out their own sexuality with no regard to their allegiance to Christ as their king. There were men and women who struggled in their marriages in that congregation. They wanted to worship other things that the culture worshipped. They did not regard scripture as relevant to their lives. They wanted to indulge in their freedoms because Christ has made me free. They were getting drunk during the Lord's Supper and they did not honor one another. Their relationship with God was all about them and not about a community of faith. They bragged about their spiritual gifts and they complained they didn't have certain gifts. 
They did not know how to love one another and live in a community of love. They did not understand the purpose of supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. After writing all that, he writes the verses that we just read. These things I pass on to you out of first importance. Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture, that he was buried and that he was raised according to Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and to the twelve. And as I prepare this message thinking of our students, the, the culture I just described that was in that church sounds like the culture that we live in here in America. And after Paul's wrestling with all these things with them, he comes back and he says, I, I got to tell you why this is important. Because this story matters. It is a story of first importance. Christ died for your sins. That means you have sinned. You have broken God's way. He was buried and risen again. And instead of shaming them with guilt, he is talking to them about the reward and the freedom that Christ has called us to. So as you move on to college, or as we continue to move on in this life, we have to surrender to the fact that Christ's story matters. And it makes a difference in our life. In 1995, Disney released a movie. Within six years, they had released four more movies. But this story is the first CGI, computer-generated image, movie that is a full-length movie. And it changed the way that we told stories. It changed the way that we received stories. It changed the way that, I mean, Woody is a real person, right? I mean, it's no longer a drawing on paper. This guy looks real. Eleven years later, the movie Cars comes out. Look at how little their main advertisement has to show. Just a little bit. And the story is by Disney and Pixar. And they show just a little bit because it's a reminder of who the authors of the story are and what kind of movie they could expect. By this time, there's already 11 other movies out by Pixar. So far, there's 26 movies that are out. In fact, hit our next screen. Raise your hand if you've uh, watched any of these more than once. Okay? Watch a rodent cooking in a kitchen maybe. And these are the stories that have shaped this generation. In fact, by the time you were born in 2002 and 2003, these were already DVDs. That's before we streamed things. We had these DVDs. And um, (laughs) some of them were even on these tapes. Uh, Parents, talk to your kids about that. But these stories became part of the fabric of your life. They helped us understand loyalty. They helped us understand bravery. They helped us understand power. They helped us understand hurt. And they gave new images and ways to tell a story. And my challenge to you today is while these stories are great and they're riveting and they pull us in, there's one story that will be with you the rest of your life and through eternity that matters. For what I receive, Paul says, I pass on to you out of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to Scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and the twelve. The story of Jesus is a story that matters. The fact that he died for our brokenness and has made us new, The fact that we have historical evidence of his existence. And the fact that we have spiritual evidence 
of his life as he lives in us is the story that we want you to pursue with the rest of your life. You may be in here as an 80-year-old today. You may be in here as an 18-year-old today. The challenge is to continue to pursue, to be a part of the story that matters. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the story that has invaded our hearts, that has transformed so many of our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the story that is still transforming us. That Christ Jesus died, and he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. And that many witnesses saw it. Many witnesses, at the time of the writing of those words, could be fact-checked. We thank you for that. More importantly, we thank you for the evidence of your son's life and his continued life through your spirit that we see alive in these 18-year-olds, that we see alive in our church family, that we see alive as the powers of darkness try to take hold of this world and you continue to write a story of love and redemption by the power of your spirit through your church. Thank you, God, for this group of believers who have helped raise, who have helped encourage, who have helped teach, who have loved this group of graduates. We pray that they would pursue your story, that they would be a part of your story, and that the 36,000 hours they have spent with their families in their homes and the 936 hours that they have partnered with the church, we pray that the only fruit it yields in their life, whether they're a barber, physical therapist, psychologist, would be the beauty of your kingdom. Use these young men and women, Father, to build and to spread your kingdom, a kingdom based on the story that matters. We thank you for your love and help us to follow your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.